What's up, everybody? This is Sam Minton for Beantown Sports. On today's show, we're going to talk about the NHL trade deadline, Bruins and Celtics past weeks, and spring training for the Sox. Beantown Sports starts right now. What's up, everybody? This is Sam Minton for Beantown Sports. Let's get right into the action. We're going to talk about the NHL trade deadline right now. So it's been a pretty slow deadline for the Bruins. You know, they're looking for an offensive guy to help boost the scoring, boost them into the playoffs with them holding a little lead against the Florida Panthers for the last spot in the playoffs. And they also need a defensive guy because they've been struggling on defensively. But we'll talk about the trade talks around the league. So, so far, David Clarkson has gone to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And Toronto got Nathan Horton. Well, I think that was a great deal for Columbus. You know, Nathan Horton, ever since he got traded from the Bruins, he hasn't been really having that good of a year so far. You know, he's been lots of injuries, and he hasn't been producing that well. So I think Columbus got a great player out of David Carson from Toronto, a great goal scorer. And also, the Blackhawks got Antoine Fermet for D. Claus Dahlbeck and a first-round pick. You know, the Blackhawks, they really need an offensive guy because Patrick Kane got hurt. He's going to be out for a while. He was the leading scorer in NHL. He's a great player. but So they have to at least find some sort of replacement for him. And Vermette's a great replacement for him, a great great offensive guy. And, you know, the Bruins are looking at him to possibly bring him to Boston. But, you know, it seems like the Bruins are being very quiet this uh, trade deadline. But they haven't made it. Again, the Bruins haven't made any moves so far. But I think they definitely need to make some moves. And then the Ducks got Thomas Fleischman from Florida. Well, the Panthers got Danny Heatley in a third rounder. You know, that seems like a good deal for um, the Ducks. You know, Danny Heatley's he's at the end of his career, so I think there was a deal to get rid of him and get Thomas Sleismans again, a great, good player. And then lastly, a big trade for the Panthers. Got Yamer Yager for a, just a couple draft picks. You know, that could really help uh, the scoring for the team. Yager, he was great when he came to Boston. He he helped in the playoffs, but I think um, he could definitely help the the Panthers, you know, possibly pass the Bruins and get into the playoffs. But the Bruins, they definitely need to get someone. They need to get, like, a third or second line offensive guy. You know, really help. You know, Krejci just got injured. We'll get into that later. But they definitely need to get someone. They have to, and they have to get a defenseman because the defense just hasn't been good. You know, people are saying they might trade Shire. I don't think that's really that bad of an idea. He hasn't been playing that great this season. You know, he's been playing pretty mediocre. But people see him as one of the core players, you know, the captain. So they think he needs to stay. But, you know, I definitely think they could trade him. And also they consider consider trading Dennis Seidenberg. He hasn't been having that great of a season with the contract he has. I think they could definitely consider trading him. But now, let's get to the Bruins. Alright, so now we're going to talk about the Bruins' past couple of weeks. You know, they've been struggling. They've been on a big losing streak, but we're hoping that they'll get back, and eventually they did. So the Bruins lost 4-3 to in overtime versus the Flames. Again, four straight losses for, for the Bruins. Yuri Hudler, two goals. He has 18 goals in the season. You know, he's been playing great for Calgary. And the Bruins, they gave up a three-goal lead. You know, you just can't do that. And especially in where these games are really ca- counting with the playoffs being so close. If you have a free goal lead, you really got to pull it out. But 
Jonas Hille came in off the bench. And Jonas Hille just had a great game. 16 shots, gave up no goals. It was a great game for them. And against a Flames team, the Bruins definitely need to pull that game out. Then the next game, the Bruins again lose 3-4 to in a shootout versus the Oilers. Again, a game you have to win. Versus the Edmonton Oilers, not that great of a team. So the Bruins should have easily pulled that out. Five straight losses for the Bruins. Ben Scrivens, 41 saves. It was a great game for Ben Scrivens. But Tuka Rask also had a good game with 30 saves. David Pasternak, such goal of the season. Pasternak has been great ever since he got called up from Providence. You know, I think he can be the next Tyler Sagan for the Bruins, or even better than Tyler Sagan. He's a great goal scorer, fast guy, he's got great hands, and he can definitely make magic happen in the offensive zone. And Martin Marison, game-winning shootout goal versus Tugarask. It was his first NHL goal, and it was on his birthday. Like, again, that must be awesome for him. First NHL goal, win the game for his team on his birthday. I'd say that's a pretty good birthday present. But next, the Bruins versus the Blues, and they got crushed, losing 5-1. This was Malcolm Subban's first start. It was not a great start to his NHL career. Three saves on six shots did not look good for him. It just seemed like he couldn't stop anything. And you got to really question who's going to be the backup. Svedberg's been doing all right, but, you know, he hasn't been doing great. He's not, like, a definite backup. Like, we had Chad Johnson, we had Anton Kadobin. Those were some great backups. But it seems like right now the backup goaltender position is really in question. And then Subban, he gave up three goals on three straight shots. You just can't do that. It just seemed once they got that first one by, it was just off. It was he he made the save, but just kept, he couldn't cap he couldn't get in his glove. He just, just uh, popped right out of his glove and went into net. But it just seemed right after that he just couldn't stop anything. So Rask had to come in. It's been really tough for Rask because he's had to play lots of games. They've been trying to give him rest, but it seems like. The backup goaltenders just can't do their job, so they have to bring Rask in. So you got to really wonder, if they do make it to the playoffs, how's that going to work? Is Stuka just going to be too tired from all the games? Or are we going to finally have either Subban or Sedberg? Are we going to even have to make trades to somehow find a goaltender to back up Tuka? But Vladimir Tarasenko, two goals, 31st of the season. You know, he's a great young player. He's been playing great on um, Saint, the St. Louis Blues. He's a player you got to really look out for. He got his first 30-goal season, and he's just playing great, great offensive player, and he's helping out. And then TJ Osi, 16th goal of the season for him. You know, ever since the Olympics, he's been the star. You know, he's he's got great hands. He's got great goal-scoring goal ability. And of the combination of Vladimir Tarasenko and TJ Oshie, I think the Blues will definitely be a dangerous team to watch out for in the playoffs. And then also, a big blow to the Bruins. David Krejci injured his lower body during a check that he made. And, it's, and it's, that's not good. You definitely need David Krejci in this run. And it looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks with his injury. But Brad Marchand, 17th goal of the season. He's having, he's having a great season so far. That line of Bergeron, Marchand, and Smith. But really, really Bergeron and Marchand, they're really staying together. And they're playing great. Both of Marchand and Bergeron are fighting for the leading the team in goal scoring versus... um this season and they're doing great so far and I also love his attitude I love how he gets in people's faces and that's definitely a great he's a great asset to the team and you know some people say that they should trade him but I definitely think that'd be don't want to trade Brad Marchand I think he's one of the core players that you definitely have to keep then finally finally the Bruins they finally win beat the Blackhawks great team six to two it was a great game all around snap their six game losing streak Patrice Bergeron has a goal and two assists his 17th goal of the season in 200th career. Again, 
he's been a great player ever since he came out, came from the AHL, and he's just been a great young player, and he keeps going, and he, I think he's really the metaphorical captain of this team. And also, Milan Lucci got a goal, his 12th of the season. And lastly, Dougie Hamilton got a goal and assist, his 10th of the season. Dougie Hamilton's a great defender, you know, he's got a great slap shot and red shot, and he just knows how to get the puck on the net, and, you know, either it'll go in the net by itself, or he'll have people up front tipping it for him. But Dougie Hamilton, Tory Krug are great young guys that the Bruins definitely need to keep as one of the core defensemen, as Chara, Seidenberg, and the older defensemen either retire or get traded or released. Next, the Bruins race the Canucks, and they lose 2-1. to one. Eddie Lack had a great game, 40 saves on 41 shots. But Daniel Pye got a goal, his second of the season, but also his first after TD Garden in a year and, a co- and like 20 days, you know. He's a great fourth liner. You know, he's one of the probably the best scorers on that fourth line. But he's just a real fast guy, but it's good to see him score. And also, Zach Cassian had the game-winning goal, which was his ninth of the season, you know. It's never good losing to the Canucks, you know. They're the arch-rival, you know. You want, always want to beat the Canucks, but it's always tough when you lose a, when you lose a one-goal game versus them. Then the Bruins beat the Devils 3-2 to two in OT. Ryan Spooner came up because he's been playing for a David Krejci line lately. So it's been Spooner, Lucic. And um, David Pasternak, you know, Pasternak and Spooner have been playing great together, you know. Lots of speed on the ice during that line, and you have Lucci coming around with the power and the hitting ability, you know. it's been a, They've been playing great so far. First goal of the season, the game winner in o- overtime. Jordan Tutu, sixth of the season goal. He's helped, he's going to have to definitely step up now that Yamir Yaga left. And David Pasternak, again, seventh goal of the season. He's been playing great. And definitely a guy you're going to have to watch out for and see what happens with his NHL career because I think he's going to have a great NHL career. And lastly, the Bruins beat the Coyotes 4-1. to It was a great game all around. Brad Marchand got a goal and assist his 18th of the season. And then his linemate, Patrice Bergeron, got a goal and assist his 18th of the season. Those guys are really the offensive guys on, on the team, you know, the offensive spark plugs. They're really helping the team keep moving forward and hopefully gaining a playoff spot. And lastly, captain Zdeno Char got a goal and assist his fifth of the season. It's good to see him get some goals, get into action, because he definitely needs to be able to score some goals in the later part of the seasons. And also, if we get to the playoffs, we're definitely going to need Big Z and his big slap shot. Then the Bruins, they're they're ahead by four points for the last spot in the playoffs. They need, you know, keep winning games. They need to get keep winning streaks going because they have Florida. They're right behind them. And, you know, Florida's got Yager, so you got to watch out. They could definitely um, put the Bruins in a run for their money. Because with Yager, I feel like Panthers are definitely a team to watch out for, for that eighth playoff spot. So next on Beantown Sports, we're going to talk about the Celtics and their week after the all- their All-Star weekend. Alright, now let's talk about the Celtics return after the All-Star weekend. So in their first game back, the Sacramento Kings beat the Celtics 109-101. to The Marcus Cousins gets 31 points, 50 rebounds, nice double-double. 
You know, I think Boogie Cousins is a great player. You know, it seemed like the Celtics, you know, they might look for a trade, but if I think the Celtics should definitely look at him in, in the free agent market or trade market, whatever happens with him. But he's definitely a great player. You know, Celtics, they need some size. You know, they've been playing lots of small ball right now. They've been playing good. But I feel like if they had a big guy like Boogie Cousins, you know, I think that would take the Celtics team to the next level and put them in probably, I'd say, like the top six, top five of uh, the Eastern Conference. But also Avery Bradley, 28 points, six assists, and three rebounds. Ever since Ray John Rondo is gone, you know, Avery Bradley's gotten a chance to really show what he's made of and show why he can be the main guy on this team. He's a great scorer, way better shooter than Rondo. And... You know, he's just a great guard. And also, big man Tyler Zeller, 22 points, 4 rebounds, and 6 assists. You know, ever since uh, Kelly Olenek has been out with an injury, Tyler Zeller has really stepped up his game, either off the bench or starting if he has to. He's been playing great so far. He's, you know, it's, he's been playing lots of minutes with injuries to the Gano Olenek and then the Jared Sollinger. So, Tyler Zeller's been playing great season. You know, I love them ever since he was at North Carolina. You know, he's a big energy guy, and he can also score, you know, 22 points, six, 4 rebounds, assists, you know, that's a great stat line. And also Rudy Gay, 28 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists, you know, I love this guy ever since he was in uh, Memphis with the Grizzlies, but, you know, he's been around the league a lot now, but he's, I think he might have found the home of Sacramento, he's been playing, he's been playing pretty good so far, but again, another great shooting game, 28 points, and 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. And then the Celtics versus the Knicks, and they beat him 115-94. And a, a guy they acquired at the trade deadline, Jonas Urepko, got 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists off the bench. This guy's a great shooter. He played with Detroit. He went 4 to, four from four for 6 from 3-point range. And he's definitely a great guy who can come off the bench and get, you know come off the bench, shoot a couple threes. He's a great scorer. And the Knicks, they're just having a terrible season so far. You know, I would not want to be a New York Knicks fan right now. Because, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with that team. They, they're basically in tank mode because Carmelo's out and they're just playing terrible ball. So it just seems like there's no hope for next next this season. And they haven't been performing so well. Again, everyone was expecting greatness when Carmelo came. But they definitely have a good, the good end of the deal with that. You know, they've been having a rough couple seasons so far. They thought Phil Jackson was going to be the savior, you know, triangle offense and all the greatness he's associated with. But he just hasn't done anything so far. But then the Celtics last night, uh, on Friday, excuse me, versus the Hornets, and they beat the Hornets 106-98. to Isaiah Thomas gets 28 points and 7 assists. You know, he was a great pickup by the Celtics. I love their trade they made. You know, they basically gave up nothing to get uh, Isaiah Thomas. I think it was a great move. You know, he's a great scorer. And he's been playing a lot. You know, they've had uh, been playing Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, and Marcus Smart. And that's, you know, those, those are great. They're a great uh, combo. And they've just been playing really small ball, you know. If they'll just have a maybe a Repco or or a Tyler Zella come come in to play with them as well. But Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, and Avery Bradley are a great combo that can definitely definitely really help the Celtics team. And it's, you know, Isaiah Thomas's quickness, you know, he's a good passer, but also a great shooter. I think Isaiah Thomas is a great pickup, and definitely can possibly help us this Celtics team get to the playoffs this year. And then Mo Williams gets 31.7 rebounds and 4 assists for the Hornets. Guy seems like he doesn't age. You know, Mo Williams, he's been in this league for a long time. But he, Mo, he continues to put up great games. You know, 31 points was a great game for him. And the Celtics are half a game out of AFC. 
with this, you have some people saying, do we want to make the playoffs? Do we really want to get? Do we want to get that better spot in the draft? I think personally, this isn't a, an amazing draft, but also I don't think you're gonna fluctuate the different amount of picks, being the eighth seed, or maybe just missing the playoffs. But I think it'd be great if the Celtics could make the playoffs. You know, really energize the city. You know, the Celtics. It would bring lots of fans back because you know, ever since you know the big threes left in Rondo. There's been lots of struggles getting people to the games, but I think definitely the Celtics make the playoffs. I think they should make the playoffs. I don't think they should tank. I think the Celtics should definitely go for it because they got nothing to lose. I don't think it's that great of a draft class, so I think you go for it and definitely get this team experience with the playoffs. So hopefully next year when we have a full season of Isaiah Thomas, we get Selinger back. We get Kelly Olenek back. We can just go for a run maybe. We can get into that top five and also with free agency. People are saying LaMarcus Aldridge, Boogie Cousins, LaMarcus Cousins. If you get players like that, this team could definitely give the East a run for the money and definitely possibly get to that top five in the East. Now, we're going to get to the Red Sox in spring training. Alright, so the Red Sox, they've had a pretty uh, interesting offseason so far. They signed Cuban prospect Yoan Mancanda, you know, 30 million signing bonus. That's not, you know, the Red Sox, they're not known to really give out that big money. You know, people are saying it was a Yankee-like move, and the Red Sox are turning to Yankees while the signings they made. But I think this is definitely a great move for the Sox, you know. Mancada, he looks like a really good player. Uh, Rosny Castillo says he's like a five-fool player. You know, if you see pictures of him, this guy's jacked. So I think he might be able to bring power to the um, to the team, and you know, we've also an- another signing. They got Pablo Sandoval. He looks to bring power to the lineup, and you don't know if he's gonna play third base, third base, but I, you, you're obviously definitely gonna get uh, Pablo Sandoval into the lineup. But it seems like you have lots of uh, depth in the outfield position, and you don't know who's gonna play. Rosny Castillo, who they signed to a seventy million dollar contract. Yeah, Hanley Ramirez, because you know you have the Jander Bogarts at shortstop. You have Mookie Betts, Daniel Nava, Jackie Bradley, Shane Victorino, Alan Craig. You know, it's really you're really gonna see who you're gonna put there. You know, I definitely think you gotta put Castillo there. You gotta find a spot for Hanley Ramirez somewhere. You know, you definitely gotta get him in the lineup. You know, I love Daniel Nava and Jackie Bradley, but I don't know if they're gonna be in it. It seems like Farrell, you know, he's leaning toward majority uh, seniority and uh, looking at Shane Victorino. If uh, he said as long as he's healthy, he looks to be the starter. So it seems like, you know, Mookie Betts, Nava, Jackie Bradley, they might get the short on the stick. Because I, I don't see a way where you don't play Henry Ramirez. Because if you're not playing Henry Ramirez at the outfield, are you going to play him? At, where are you going to play him? Is he going to be DH? Then you have, you don't know who you're going to have at first base. You know, you, Alan Craig can play first, and all, but then you got Big Poppy. Because I think you've got to get Big Poppy back in, line, in the lineup. Because, you know, if you haven't seen pictures of him in spring training, the guy looks like, he could be in possibly the best shape of his life. He looks like he's he gained lots of muscle, and he looks like he could have a great season this year. So they really got to figure out who's going to play in the outfield and how they're going to, you know. Again, you know, it's really really t- tough situation for the Sox because Mookie Betts, Jenny Nava, Jackie Bradley, they're, they're good players, and they've proved themselves in the majors to be good players who can withstand their own in the MLB. But also, big 
Poppy. He's looking amazing, you know. He's from the core of this team, and he looks like he's in the best shape of his life, and I think he's going to look to get another ring. And then also, the, defen the defensive man, the Dustin Madroya, you know, he looks to help with the defense in small ball, you know. He doesn't always hit home runs, but, you know, he's definitely one of the core of the um, Red Sox. But, you know, I think the Red Sox are looking to have a great, a good season this year, you know. They may not have had good seasons so far, but I think they could definitely possibly put up a championship run. They just got to really, they got to figure out who's going to play in that outfield, where you're putting... Where you're putting Hanley Ramirez? Do you want Mancata playing, or do you want to start off in the um, minors? And then you got to handle the pitching. It seems like right now their ace is Rick Porcello or Clay Buckles. You know, Porcello. You know he was a good pickup, but do you really want him being your number one? Do you want Clay Buckles being your number two? Is Clay, you got to ask is Clay Buckles reliable? Because you know he's been injured a lot lately. So that's the one problem that the Red Sox have. They gotta really find out who's gonna be their ace, and they gotta find out is their ace good enough. You know, they also got Justin Masterson back. He was he's really happy to be back with the Sox, so they're hoping that they can uh, get him back, and you know, hopefully get him to be a good starter, or also put him in a the relief and put him in the bullpen. But my prediction is, I think the Red Sox are gonna have a good season. I think they're definitely gonna make the playoffs. They just got too much power, you know. To not make it, you know, it doesn't matter how many runs you give up with this power and with this offense. I think you know, Mancada, if he plays, I think he's gonna be a great power hitter. Power hitter, Pablo Sandoval getting great, gets great back. You know, Hanley Ramirez. You know, depending on who plays, Mookie Betts, Nava, and Jackie Bradley. You know, there's good offensive guys. Shane Victorino, you know, he can lay a bunt down. Great speed guy, Alan Craig, great power. And again, the core, you know, Big Poppy and uh, Dustin Madroya. If they can keep the offense up. And, you know, they have a great defense. If you're looking at outfield, you know, Victorino's a great defensive outfielder. And uh, Daniel Nava and Jackie Bradley are great on the, on the defensive end. And then also you have Bogarts. He's a good offense, uh, defensive guy. And so as long as, the, excuse me again, the Red Sox can, you know, hold up, hold up with the offense and keep the offense going, it doesn't matter how bad your pitching is. If you're scoring lots of runs, you're going to be able to outscore every team. So, you know, my prediction in March, so don't take it that to heart that well, but I think the Red Sox can definitely make it to the playoffs, and I think they're definitely at least going to make it. I think they'll definitely be the first team in the AL East. Alright, that's it for today's show, guys. But before we go, I just want to remind people, you know, Seahawks fans, and anybody who doubts the Patriots, that today, exactly a month ago, a little team called the Patriots defeated the Seahawks in the Super Bowl and got Tom Brady's fourth ring. You know, it's just, they're, Tom Brady is definitely one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. You know, I think he's definitely... You gotta at least consider it that he is the best quarterback to play football. And Malcolm Butler again used his opportunity. He he was in the game and he made the play of the game, you know, intercepting that ball. 
I'm sorry, Seahawks fans. You probably should have ran it. But that's it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter. You can call follow my personal Twitter at bad underscore Minton. And follow the podcast Twitter at Beantown underscore pod. And also go to our sound, SoundCloud, www.soundcloud.com slash Beantown Sports. You know, follow the podcast and you can download our podcast. And also we're working on a website that should be up soon. And I can't wait for it to get launched. All right, guys, see you.